So, Danny, my birthday was recently. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, I'm 23. Very old. It's pretty old. I know. It's... 23 is a weird birthday, though, right? Like, it's like, did you feel like it was... It's not 21, right? So, that's like a celebration. 25, you get car insurance knockoffs, right? Really? Well, that's exciting. Um, Well, but here's the thing. 23 was my golden birthday, because my birthday is October 23rd. Yeah, yeah. And I've been waiting for that since kindergarten. When freaking Chad turned seven on the seventh, and my teacher lost her shit about it. Sorry, she was like, she was like, it's his golden birthday, and I was like, I have to wait till I'm twenty three, and then it finally happened. Try being two on your golden birthday. No fun there. At least it's not like the anticipation though. Like that was brutal. I was like, I'll never be twenty three. Yeah. And now I am. I feel like a bad father right now because. We did nothing for Knox's golden birthday, which is seven. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's just that my kindergarten wound made it a big deal to me. Yeah, I think it's only big if you're in your 20s. It's only big if you saw someone get it celebrated <laughs> and you were like, dang. That's deep. Um, but anyway, I actually kind of had a rough birthday because I just was like, you know, I'm deconstructing. I don't know if you knew that. Just found out. <laughs> Um, but I got, so I'm like a big words of affirmation person. So my favorite okay. part of my birthday is always like the text of like, you're great. I'm thankful you're alive. And I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> like that's always my favorite part. And so I always get excited for that. But so many of the texts that I got this year were like, happy birthday. Like, I know you're in a hard place, but like excited for you to like find God again or like. You know, like, don't worry, like, God still loves you. <laughs> like, the, like, like for real. Yeah. And it was very frustrating. But uh, it's so interesting because it's like, it was twofold. I was, fr- and maybe I was just in an emotional place. I don't know. But like, part of me was frustrated with the people from like my past church life who were saying those things because i was like can you just say you're thankful for me like why does this have to be i get that it's important to you but like it's my birthday (laughs) i don't know but at the same time it was also really sad to like the people that i usually hear from that i like didn't hear from that year because it's like yeah well that was my question like what uh also i am currently having an existential crisis Trying to recollect what I texted you on your birthday. You just said, hey, I think you're awesome. Happy birthday. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and uh, so really, it was mostly Danny. <laughs> it was mostly Danny. Um, but how many of the people um, were... You were you said something really nice. How many people were on the periphery and like people that were like... How many people were really close to you that said those things? And how many were people like Ooh. you said from your old life? Like currently really close no to No one you. very close. No one currently very close to me said that. Because they, I think they would all know that that would not be helpful. Yeah. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah, that is encouraging. But it's just like, it's so weird to like, it was just reckoning with the fact that I really think a lot of people view me so differently now. Not mm. that people, I think sometimes also though, we can get in like our main character energy <laughs> think like, <laughs> and think like everyone's thinking about us all the time, which is so uh-huh. not true. But it's like. I know that like my mom has received emails and messages and comments of like, we're so worried about Emily yeah, because of things like this podcast and things like that. And so it's like people are talking 
and people are coming to me and saying like just don't lose sight of god in this like or whatever and i'm just like can you trust me a little bit yeah well that was one of the things i thought like the main character in G type thing. Cause I do think that it sounds like a lot of these people are occupying a lot or you are occupying at least maybe not oh, 50% or yeah, 20, but you're occupying a pretty interesting and prevalent space in their thought. If like that was the response that they sent on your birthday mm. rather than just being mm. like, Hey, happy birthday, especially like I think about the people that I met. I have a hard time remembering to message people. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, so to then, remember and then be like you know what i want to talk to you about on your birthday (laughs) right it's my birthday yeah it's an interesting move like i don't think i would ever do that for even for people i really care about um and i would just say like i don't think i don't think that you're in a place where i would need to be like hey i really hope you come back whatever i would don't know that i would say but to think if someone had like a major loss or something like that or whatever like say someone lost a father a year Mm -hmm. ago i don't think i'd say hey happy birthday Sorry about your dad. Like, that would be a weird <laughs> message. Yes. Why are you bringing it up? Like, yeah. other than to remind me. And th- I, I also want to say and admit that, like, I very much have a, like, schema, like a shame schema of, mm-hmm. like, I will I will hang on to the bits and pieces that make me feel crappy. So I'm working on that. But, like, mm. <laughs> but like I'm, what I'm saying is, like, I get that the way I heard it may not be how they were saying it. However, it's just like it feel it what it felt like is here I'm extending this olive branch to you but we can like fully be in relationship again when you get back on our page. Yeah, that's what you think they're saying kind of. It's kind of how I heard it even if they didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Well, I wonder so like from your perspective, what say you know those people do care about you cuz even that we've talked about this before like, obviously, we might say it's misguided yeah. word choice and how they're caring for you. But at the core, they would say they're caring for you. Absolutely. So from where you sit, just on a deeply personal, like, what would have been mm. the most caring thing they could have done in that moment? I just, like, so there was one. I got one message from a lady who, like, I knew from a past church experience. And she she's made some comments other times about, like, oh, that's not how I see things, which is fine. But, at, like, on my birthday, she just texted me, like, happy birthday. I love you, and I'm so proud of you. And I was just, like, that is all, like, thank you. Like, I was, like, yeah. I know that there are other things on your mind about me, mm-hmm. but I so appreciate that you didn't feel the need to bring that up. So this is someone that would, like, sit in this camp of, like, they're Absolutely. maybe worried about you in some ways. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, I know, I know that she is, but like for her to not, for her to refrain from saying that and just remind me that she's thankful for me. I'm proud of you. Is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it meant so much. Like mm. it's this, it's this thing of like, I, I feel like sometimes evangelism culture becomes this like any opportunity you can find. Yeah. Like it felt like people were like, oh, well maybe her birthday is coming up <laughs> and then I can text her about how I'm feeling about her faith journey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't this feels very narcissistic to even talk about because I feel like I'm saying everyone's just thinking about me all the time no I think it's an interesting like I think it's important for you yeah but also for our audience like you're uh-huh. probably not the only one I mean I can think of some people that I know listen regularly that probably have similar type things um, happening and so it's probably helpful to process it at least from your vantage point but what I do think about you've talked about this before and the idea that like you don't own you in your story right and 
Um, but I wonder and question how much of your actual story any of these people know and not just what they're wow. consuming from afar, right? Like they're like, well, I've heard you have a podcast. Have they ever listened to an episode? That'd be an interesting thing mm-hmm. to ask. Uh, you're not at, I heard you're going to this church that concerns them uh, <laughs> and that you're preaching, but have they ever listened to a sermon or ever heard anything about that church? Like, um, I just want to like the questions and I have more of a connected to your story but there's things i probably don't even know that mm-hmm. are like swirling on right but i know some more of the questions that you're asking and like i wonder how many of those people actually know the deep intimate things that you're even wrestling with and just like are watching on the outside and then building the story of what they think is happening yeah because you get like you get little snippets from social media or from other things and then you're like oh well emily must be in this exact place and must be a complete atheist and <laughs> hate everyone yeah and everything but it's like and i i know that we keep going back to this but like i do try to remember the fact that to these people it's a it's an eternity situation i really do try to like hold on to that because when i get really frustrated i remember like Classic. I may have already shared this on here, but, um, but like I was talking to my mom about how there was, I have another friend who's kind of deconstructing and mm-hmm. she was talking to that friend's parents. And so it was like parent, parent talk about their deconstructing kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that friend has expressed that he feels like whenever his parents hear about his deconstruction, they feel, he feels like they're picturing him in the lake of fire. Yeah. I did share this. No. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and I told my mom that and I was like, yeah, like that would be really heavy. And she said, what, isn't that the appropriate response? And so it was like, oh, okay. Like she was like, that's the concern. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I don't agree with that concern, but that would be so heavy as a parent or as someone who cares about me. Yeah. I think you haven't told that story, but I know that we've talked about that concept that like uh-huh. people really do what's driving is their thoughts on your eternal salvation. Here's an interesting thing to consider. And I've wondered this is because you were the poster child for mm. reformed theology, especially as a woman in that space, like you held a place of as much privilege and power as you could have, yeah. uh, but I wonder how many of them are feeling an insecurity about their own faith of watching them see you go to a place they never thought possible for you probably. And they're questioning for themselves. A, like, I bet you more people are sympathetic to some of the thoughts you have mm. and would maybe agree with you inside and maybe wouldn't verbalize that. But I just, I wonder how much of it is a fear for your salvation. I would, say that's part of it but also a fear of they're not ready to walk that journey yet and they're watching you do it and if they're wondering if they're going to get there and and then they're painting it from a negative place right they see it as more negative maybe than positive and they're wondering like if they're going to end up there i don't know does that make sense it does make sense i heard someone say one time that it sometimes seems like the like evangelism efforts get more intense the more you start doubting because you're mm. like i just need to see other people get on board and then i'll remember why i got on board yeah and so i think i think that might be part of it because i yeah like i'm not trying to toot my own horn but i was definitely the last person anyone would have ever expected to go through this yeah. like and i'm sure that that is heavy and weird to watch 
Yeah. But like, but just like, I'm so, this is the thing. As I was talking to someone who was like raised in like a very abusive, very Christian home. Mm -hmm. And um, they were saying like, it's hard for me because when I hear I don't like something, I hear I don't like you. Like, so if it's like, I don't like your shirt, then you hear I don't like you. And I was like, I think. Dustin designed the shirt, so you don't like Dustin. (laughs) <laughs> um and what am I saying? I'm so sorry. Thank you. I'm so glad we could just have a little ad <laughs> in the middle of that. For, uh no. So the thing was is I, I got it. Is I was saying I think that's part of it is the like because I struggle with that too. If like someone says like I don't like someone told me they didn't like my key ring and I was like you hate me like it was so random and I was like that's frustrating that I make that connection. Yeah. But at the same time. I think it's much bigger than that. I don't think it's, I don't like this, so I don't like you. I think it's, I don't agree with you, so you don't belong. It is when 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 someone disagrees with me, when someone disagrees with me, I feel complete rejection hmm. because I'm out of the group. Yeah. Like that is, to me, that is what's so harmful about, a, like, about like, evangelicalism i don't know like just uh because it's your belonging is based on agreeing yeah right actions right beliefs during like what they've deemed to be that is how you belong and you're never really a part of it until you do this so when people say emily i just wish that you would get to a better place what i hear is it's such a bummer you don't belong anymore Right, because you would like you haven't, or maybe wouldn't sever friendships with any of these people. Like you're like our friendship could still be thriving, but for them, their friendship they're not good friends unless they're trying to bring you back in. Yeah, to the that group. is the perfect way to say it. Because I was like, because I was like, I love these people and I want like I want them in my life, but it's so exhausting to feel proselytized to every time we hang out, and also like. I'm not quite sure I know what we would talk about. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about, too. Like, I remember there were friends that I had at some of the places I've worked at before. Uh And then we hung out after me not working there. And we were like, well, what do we talk about? Like, now, because what we used to talk about was our work we did together. Absolutely. And then it's hard. And similar in that situation, right? It's like, for you, you're... And you were, like, I mean, self-proclaimed, you were really invested in your faith and that space and yes. so like you I mean you had the remember the google doc with the color-coded one of theological topics right like you were going through and you were doing that absolutely so, so i bet you like non-ironically faith was a just natural part of your conversation that you didn't have to work into it and i and it and i often i'm gonna say usually i wasn't like annoying about it like <laughs> normal like i have surrounded myself with people that also wanted to have those conversations but mm-hmm. to think about for example like i have a friend who is getting married and she is like, which is so exciting. But I didn't really know, like we got dinner to like catch up, but it was so interesting because like, she was like, I'm just so excited to like submit to him. And and I was Mm. like, I don't really feel this anymore. Like a few years ago, I would have been like, good for you girl. Like, just like, you know, but like that part is weird. Like, I don't know how to engage 
as my true self because I know in those moments what they're they're wanting to talk to old Emily, who mm. would just be like, love that you found a good spiritual leader, girl. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe it, that's what they want at the best. But even at the minimal, they hope that you'll like slide back into a persona of that probably in when you're at that wedding or you're in those spaces, right? Like that's our thing about, and I've talked with this about Sadie and Jared a few times who go to church, right? They've gone back to weddings with old former mm. classmates that know them or like people from their old life that know them in a theologically certain way. Yeah. And it's like somewhat shattering. Like, do I fall back into this old thing? Do I just, am I confident enough to just like be like, this is who I am now. I mm. even have that when I go back to Oregon and visit, like I've been now yeah. gone for seven years and I've changed a lot. And like, who am I when I go back into that space, you know? Because I get that. But part of it is because everyone wants it to be a phase. Yeah. And so that is the and sometimes that feels invalidating. I'm sorry, I'm doing I'm not meaning to shift, but like I'm just kind of speaking like yeah. sometimes that feels invalidating. Like I feel like right now I feel like I'm being like, it's not a phase, mom. But it's like <laughs> but it's like, can maybe this is a real journey and maybe I won't be right here forever, but it is where I'm at right now. And please don't mark this off as like my off time until I come back to agree with you. I'm over that. Yeah. And I mean, that's a comment. You've said that before in different ways, right? Like the, there is a sense from whether it's family or friends or people. And I've been guilty of at least using the language of talking about it like that before. I don't know that I mean it necessarily like that, yeah. but using it as this is a stepping stone or a phase or a place. And it's like, like you said very well, you may not be exactly where you are forever, but this isn't just phase two of 10 right but it also isn't it also isn't my psycho time until i go back to presbyterianism yeah that's the part that gets me like rumspringa yeah like i don't please don't say it please don't think about it like that i'm doing really hard work right now i've never thought about it like that but that's an interesting thing to think about because now i'm like Putting that is kind of how they view it in 100%. some ways. It's like you're going away and experiencing the world, yes, until you realize how not fulfilling it is and come back to the tribe. And can I be super honest? Sometimes I wonder if that will happen. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> that was the least expected thing you could have said. <laughs> I don't want it to, yeah, but I get a little nervous. So, I this is an interesting, I'm a big book person. No kidding. <laughs> um, and I have a massive stack of like Presbyterian books in my car right now that I'm going to mm. take to half price books. So if you're in the market. Oh, to sell, not to, to you know, sell. buy. Okay. And like, you know, like that was, I packed them up last night and that was very emotional for me. Mm. Like very like, it felt like a very permanent change because I felt like they were sitting on my shelf like waiting for me to get back to them. But mm. I really don't want to. And I'm like, I'm also like, if it happens, I can just buy it again. But like. How frivolous. <laughs> oh, I'm very frugal. I, I exclusively shop through thrift books, which every book can, is $3.79. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. So say this is like your Rumspringer and you're away, you're doing your thing. Like what would be. Compe like what what would you could you mm. said maybe this is that what would be compelling and draw you back to that? Like. If you still hold a oh. place in your mind where like, maybe it is that. That means not necessarily that you're hoping it is or that you will, but what would be driving the thought that 
you could have something to go back to. This is going to sound really weird. I don't actually think that it's something that I think is maybe true. It's just something that I'm worried I could get sucked back into Mm -hmm. because, I mean, what would suck me back in is certainty. Mm -hmm. And a very black and white, very systematic theology. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I really don't think that's going to happen, but it is weird because, because for so long I would have said about people, oh, well, just like, they'll just have this twinge that this like longing for God, that the God shaped hole in their hearts, like can't be filled through anything else. And they're trying to fill it with other things until they just can't. And then they'll come back to the truth. Like I said that all the time. I was this person. That's the other thing. That's the other thing, dude. I'm sure I would have been this freaking person. Who I'm a little bit cool. I don't think I would text someone like come back to God. Yeah, have you done anything like that? Like but you, I'm thinking of uh no, no. Uh, you just talked to them in person about it. Yeah. And prayed to them. Prayed yeah. for them. Um but it's like, but that's the other thing. It's like yeah. I was reading my old prayer journals the other day, and it's all like dark place to go to. But um, because it's just like, God, I suck so much. Like it's I we should just read those one day and on this podcast. But okay. um but like i was praying just like god just please help them see that you're the only way to actually have any happiness and any certainty like and so it's like it's and sometimes people just send me articles that is just like how to reconcile back to god that did happen (laughs) and i was like oh thank you (laughs) like things like that like that is a lot but i'm sure i would have done something like that And so I can't even be that mad because I get when you're in that place, that's what you think. You think that that is the only way to have any happiness and joy. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like this is very incoherent and we're hitting a bunch of different things. I'm just kind of talking what I'm thinking about. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Apologize to them, not me. Sorry. No, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's really, again, important in the sense that you're not alone in probably feeling where you're at. I think yeah. it's authentic and this is where you're at. And I think there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a community that you once found a lot of meaning, purpose, joy and from belonging, yeah. and belonging from. There's people that you're, cause I hear at the core, like you're asking this, or at least I'm asking myself this, how best can you help those friends care for you? Like, I wonder if they were mm. listening, what would you tell them? Like as the best way to care for you? Just be a friend to Emily now. Yeah. Like, be my friend. I know you probably miss your old friend. Like, I get that. You really thought that what she had to say was awesome. And you probably miss her and you probably want her back because you loved her. But, like, she is gone. And you... I'm not going to pretend to be her. So you can either be my friend and now Emily friend or figure something out. Not trying to be rude, but just like be my friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel. Well, it sounds too. I like like, I said that very eloquently. I I thought it was really good. Yeah. I wonder too, like how much, and this is really, this is darker and more cynical, but I wonder how much more or how much they were friends with Emily and how much they were friends with that idea that identity of Emily or the persona that you put on. Like, it sounds like maybe I I just question and wonder how great of friends these people would be if they're still wrestling to be your friend. I get that. And it's not that I, uh, 
I don't think it's that they don't want to be my friend, but I do think they want to be my friend to help a sister back to the fold. Sure. And I'm just like, you wouldn't, if we met today, you would not want to be my friend. Yeah. Damn. That's really sad. But I'm like, I just am. That is one of the hardest freaking parts of deconstruction to me is the fact that like you can say all you want that like nothing will change. Like, you but like uh the love that you feel in this church is unconditional but that just isn't true yeah it's unconditional if you agree and so then you lose everyone and it's weird sometimes like i have friends now like i'm not like a loner (laughs) but like sometimes it is weird because like i'll talk to people with like very established friends group friend groups that they've had since like high school and i'm like good for you dude i had to basically start over that is so brutal. That's hard. Yeah, that's an, I can, not because of deconstruction, but I can sympathize with that. Yeah. But I, like from the sense that like I remember moving to St. Louis from Oregon. It was like I'm starting over. That was yeah. Going through a divorce was interesting. Like there were certain friends that I was I lost that again, like I was like, oh, you were we were a couple friends. You weren't Danny's yeah. friend. Mm. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing to be like starting over and. But then to do it within a place that it was something that was so meaningful and formative and then to look back and like you said, you see all those other people. It's like, because I think that all the time. I live in Webster and my wife grew up in Webster in high school and I look around, it's like, you still hang out with all the same people that you mm. hang out with. I mean, she has like other friends. She's I get that. got other friends. But like I long, it's not, I'm not jealous of it or mad about it. I long for that kind of connection. A hundred percent. And I hear you saying kind of the same thing. And it, ma- it makes me feel like, I feel like I just need to tell people like, I'm not like a bad person or like hard to get along with. Like it's not that I'm like. Yeah, you have to put a disclaimer. Well, like I just feel like it seems like, because I saw a TikTok today that was like, um, that was like, you know, like the real way to judge like, if you're dating someone, like, you should just see how many friends they have and how good of friends they have. And I was like, but sometimes people go through really intense things and have to start over. Yeah. And that – I'm not saying I don't have friends, but it's, like, <laughs> no. but it's just different. Um, I felt like before the started, you had two friends in this room with you. <laughs> um. So, totally, I have two friends. <laughs> Um, I was that's interesting there's a movie called I think it's called I Love You Man it's got such Paul a good Red. movie yeah and like one of the red flags is he doesn't have any real friends but I remember when I met Annie like I had gone through a pretty big transition and I like watched that movie one night and I was like oh shit I might be the person with I might be the Paul Rudd in this situation and I uh-huh. wonder like what she's gonna think about that mm. and uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about, about. yeah sorry that was well, I know yeah well, I think you, I mean, I think you're a little right and not in a bad way. We've been, we've been a little bit all over the place. We've hit a lot, but I think maybe winding us down, like what, like if you were going to leave, not the people listening or watching with something, but like, what would you leave yourself with as like an encouragement from this? Aww. <laughs> Emily, you are worthy of being loved and valued and appreciated as you are right now in this space and you do not have to wait to have everything figured out in order to again have belonging that's great yeah what would you say to emily (laughs) (laughs) i would say to you and to anyone like else but i specifically i think like you do belong and like you're i know you we have different areas that we overlap in life 
And what I would just encourage you is like, I'm your friend without an agenda or like a buy-in. Like -hmm. if we stopped this podcast today or you stopped attending the well or any of the other place we ever, I think we would still be friends. And I think that's what I would say to you is like your value extends far past what you produce or what you buy in to do or Mm -hmm. any of that kind of stuff. And I think for you personally, I would say that to you as your friend, but for anyone listening to, I think that's an important thing to know is like, if there are people that your value is based on what you only what you output, Mm -hmm. they might not be your real friends. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking about even in my own life there, because from your perspective, and this is maybe an evangelical thing of being like, well, I got to evangelize to these people. Right. Mm -hmm. But like some of my best friends are hardcore atheists or agnostics and i've had very few conversations about faith with them unless they've brought it up and i just because i think i never want them to think hey i'm the creepy pastor on the streets like hey do you have a talk second talk about jesus <laughs> but also i want them to understand our friendship as much as i care about them on an eternal level um because i believe we're eternal beings i just have maybe a different worry than like your parents who yeah, the lake of fire thing, but I do care about them on an <laughs> eternal level. But I never want them to think that my agenda is just like I'm playing the long game to win them over because that's not what I'm doing. I want to be their friends. Oh my god, I thought you were saying you are playing the long game, and I was like, no, Daniel. no, I'm saying I don't want them to think. Yeah, that. got it. Um, okay. But I am playing the long game. If you're watching, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I think. Yeah, but I think that's the fear of what I hear about some of your. Like, yes, it's, the long game's more important than your humanity here and now, mm-hmm. and. As much as we are eternal beings, like, I think God cares about us. And so it's how do we care about people? I love that. Yeah. I hope this was cathartic for you. I'm yeah, sorry you I... had a bad birthday. We didn't really talk about <laughs> that, but I'm sorry you had a bad birthday. Oh, my God. It's okay. It ended, it ended well. I just had to cry for a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes that's how birthdays go. It's how birthday goes. Um, well, I actually, I'm really glad we had this discussion. Thank I think you. it was helpful. And I hope it's helpful to other people. Yeah. And thanks for listening and embrace the journey.